0: Hello and welcome to Kicking Tires. My name is Jimmy. And I'm Justin. And this week we got some Hyundai news, as you can see from our backgrounds. Well, if you're on YouTube, if you're not, then you can't see our backgrounds. But I have the Sonata N line and Justin has the Elantra N as our background wallpapers today. But the the first news we got to talk about is the Veloster. Because the Veloster is dead. No longer to be sold in Canada or in the US, maybe in other markets. Uh, But the N version will live on for 2022. But yeah, no more just the regular or the turbo variant. I mean, it kind of makes sense considering last year's sales were pretty low. Um, In Canada, they sold just over a 1,000 cars. In the U.S., uh, 6,700 cars. So not a lot of, you know, actually people going into dealerships and wanting a Veloster. And this is including N. So Definitely not a high volume seller. I mean, this car was kind of a marketing exercise to
1: begin with, you know, very style styling and marketing exercise just to get younger buyers into it, especially the the original one back in the early what 2012 ish 2011, you know, gave gave you a lot of nice tech features and um, a lot of standard features, a lot of uh, really sporty look, even if it didn't really have the sport to back it up. But still nice for some new new car buyers and and uh, they actually sold guys. A lot back then
0: yeah it's good good value for the money I think that car um, in 2016 30,000 vehicles were sold in the US 30,000
1: yeah. this well the second generation started around what 2019. Yeah, I think so. 2019, I think they didn't do well. Probably. Yeah, second gen. I think people kind of, you know, you know, the the Hyundai brand, it's not bringing people in anymore. I thought the second gen looked better. I think Hmm. uh, styling wise, it's just more purpose built, I would say, whereas the the first gen look kind of like uh, just kind of Elantra or Accent mix mesh like we got to make this into some kind of three-door coupe thing mm-hmm. and this the the second gen i i prefer that styling uh, a lot more uh having driven the Veloster and i think i talked about it last week i think it's a really good driving car mm-hmm. um very fun i used to write it off as like okay you buy that because you you can't, can't afford it <laughs> um and it's it's not cheap that car you know it is gti money um yeah at least gti civic si money so it's not cheap so you do have to go out of your way and buy this car Uh, and i think that's kind of the obstacle i don't think it was priced competitively enough to sway buyers from those you know household names basically the gti it's you know that that is a staple in the in the hot hatch segment oh for sure it's not as hot um obviously it is just uh it's more of a pedestrian car but you know not everyone is tracking it needs you know torque vectoring and limited slip stuff like that uh but really fun really cool car sad to see it go but I understand we're seeing this with some, some manufacturers lately and they're just kind of trimming down the lineup. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it it is, you know, you got to look at it from a business perspective and from a dealership perspective. If we got to stock these cars, we got to support these cars, uh, keep the parts around the brochures, whatever it is. And know, okay, this car's got this promotion this month and stuff. It's just one more vehicle to, to support and if it's so low volume it's not necessarily worth it um especially with an industry that has a lot of turnover as well i think thinning the herd a bit you know we've got a chip shortage we got to see which cars we're gonna put the parts into and that's kind of i think we'll see more and more manufacturers take this more conservative approach um going forward and not doing these kind of oddball cars because the the Veloster, even when it did sell, it is still an oddball. vehicle.
0: Yeah, like a, it's a, they call it a four door coupe, right? Because you had one door or four door hatch, you got the one longer door on the driver's side, two smaller doors on the passenger side, so it's easier for people to get in. And then you got the hatch in the rear. Like, in theory, that works really well. But because of the smaller doors on the passenger side and the more like cramped compartment it yeah. wasn't all that easy getting into it yeah it's a two plus one door right oh.
1: the, the only the driver's side only has one door yeah driver's side has one door yeah so it's it's an awkward configuration yeah regardless like sometimes you want to like throw your backpack in the back seat before you get into the driver's seat like it's not there for you um that is kind of odd like it is like i think that whole door configuration is just just bizarre well and, i mean it, it worked well on like trucks a long time ago <laughs> yeah And no, it still works on trucks because so the now the now with a lot of the smaller crew cabs or i'm not sure what they call it but where they don't have the full size door but it's still a traditional door it still works on those because there's there's enough room, but you go into a Veloster and the back seat is hard to get into, even with that third door. Mm. I find um, compared to a GTI, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, GTI's bigger as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's move right on here because you know we we talk a lot about the the Veloster being dead and getting killed off, but. They're actually introducing a brand new vehicle as well. This is the Elantra N, so another N to the uh, to the N lineup. You got the Veloster, the i thirty, the i twenty SL, the Kona N. Excuse me, and then the Elantra N is brand new. Mm-hmm. Of course, here in Canada, we don't get the i thirties, which sucks. Um, we only get the Veloster Elantra as well as the Kona and we're getting the Kona soon, but it's basically the same recipe here, right? So it's a two liter turbocharged four cylinder, 276 horsepower, 289 pound feet of torque. What's nice about the Elantra N is you can get it with a six speed, um, manual as well as an eight speed dual clutch. So you have the option of going with either uh, gearbox, whichever suits you better. And with the dual cut, dual clutch, I should say, uh, zero to sixty is about five point two seconds. If you enable the, what's it called, the NGS, the N grid, oh, like the N grid, yeah, yeah, it's a very prominent red button on the steering wheel that helps boost the, the, uh, the, the engine's output by about ten horsepower for twenty seconds. Okay. Yeah, no,
1: dual clutch makes sense. And it's, it's needed, because you got to compete with Volkswagen, obviously, who offers both still with the upcoming Mark A generation. Um, and that's what the Veloster a lot of people were asking, hey, why no dual clutch option? Um, that would kind of give it a new, you know, an edge against like the type R It's like, oh, you can't get type R with a dual clutch. But if you could, um that might bring in some more buyers who knows um so cool to see it on the elantra the only thing with the elantra i think the styling is just real busy like just Mm -hmm. the slashes going down the side and just the whole front face the whole
0: front bumper is grill yeah whether it's real grill or fake grill but it is all grill i'm not sure if this has more grill or the avalon trd has more grill about the same yeah because
1: <laughs> it, as far as like body quote unquote body colored parts of the front bumper it's it's quite minimal minimal yeah yeah i i <laughs> this styling it's uh, hard for me to like i like it from the rear mm-hmm. and even from the side it's okay the rear three quarter but the front end is a little bit much for me um it's aggressive and I think it will appeal to certain people yeah but, okay being a sedan we saw the Civic SI mm-hmm. just flop for in in my opinion it just flopped the 10th gen 10th gen SI especially because of the type R uh and they they only did the SI in a coupe and sedan mm-hmm. whereas the Type R was only available in the hatchback, so I'm just wondering if there is even a demand for these sedans. Like the GTI still seems pretty popular, but the GLI to me, no one really. Maybe buys this is a regional thing, but the GLI is not that appealing. Uh, I would I would take the GTI any day, mm-hmm. um, and even if it were, if I were given the option between a Civic Si sedan or a hatch, I would go hatch easily
0: yeah the the hatch is it's more usable right it's more usable and it just
1: but that's the thing the civic si sedan 10th gen looked very conservative or like the styling was not that big of a departure from the regular one this end model however is noticeably hotter like this is Mm -hmm. souped up by quite a bit the seats are aggressive the, the whole look is aggressive. It looks low. It looks wide. It's got a wing on it. Um, there's no mistaking this for like a Veloster or uh, Elantra N line or um, you know any of the other base model Elantras. Yeah. I think I think it's a big enough departure um, than to to justify this N model. So I think there, it's it's better it's a better approach than Honda did with their civic mm-hmm. with the tension, but
0: I'm curious how this will do. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, looking at the front bumper here, um, between the grill and the lower grill and that kind of side swoop here, if that was body colored, I think it may actually flow quite well. So like mm-hmm. if this part here was body colored, yeah. it actually might not look too bad. And it will kind of split up that grill a little bit so maybe a little bit of wrap can actually you know really change the styling of this vehicle
1: yeah yeah just get that painted body color and i mean we that was one of the things with a type r is if you thought the type r was too aggressive you go for black and it just kind of subtle like keeps the accents more subtle um not quite as in your face so you know you go for a darker color on this car it might it might work well but uh, Hyundai Hyundai loves this little baby blue they do it on the yeah, interior
0: the end color I'm, I forgot what they call it but it's definitely an end color for them
1: yeah I, it's either white or this blue basically
0: what do you think of the wheels I actually really like them
1: the wheels they're they're busy um,
0: they're, like they're them, okay they're, they're, they're so they're 19 inch they um, match the ra- style of the car yeah, they're, they're 19s, they, they're wrapped in Michelin Pilot 4Ss, yeah. so like, pretty good summer tires, not as aggressive as like, you know, full-on PSSs, but it's pretty good for, you know, a sedan like this, I would say. Yeah,
1: uh, 4S is the tire to get, um, as far as summer tires, a streetable summer tire goes. The next step up would be the Cup 2, which you do see on the uh, Type R LE edition. Uh, The yellow ones, they get the Cup 2s. But the Cup 2s are not really like a good street tire. They pick up every rock, and uh, they're not comfortable. So the 4S, Kia uses it on the, what's the coupe thing? The A7 Stinger. (laughs) <laughs> that one uses the the S tires and they're pretty they're pretty popular. Um yeah, good choice I think as far as a summer tire goes. Mm-hmm. I like the seats. I it's like what to too. Done. Yeah. Yeah, it's a and little bit
0: nicer than the Veloster one. Being a, a Hyundai, like it's going to have heated seats and I can see the heated seat button. So something that you can get in here is heated seats and yeah. potentially a heated steering wheel that you can't get in a Type R. You can't get in a type R
1: for sure. Um busy <laughs> busy exterior, but pretty simple interior. Like everything yeah. is pretty logical. Um
0: I like it. Yeah, it's a it's a good looking car inside and out. I I I, I said it about the type R before the FK. I think it was is too aggressive with the like bunch of vents that it has on it. Um, especially with the rear wing it's just I personally am not a fan of how it looks. Um and then in the UK you can get an FK8 that's the um I forgot what edition they just called without it without the wing and stuff. Yeah, it was without the wing with a little bit more um sound insulation and I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, that's perfect." You know, FK for me, that's like old man FK. <laughs> yeah. Really and they did that. that they did that with
1: the Evo too. They had a wingless one, but it looked a little bit off to me. Mm. Uh they had
0: an the MR trim that just Right, right. Had But the wing, as much as I didn't like how aggressive the FK8 looks, I don't mind this. I don't know why. Um, I think it's yes, the front end is quite aggressive, but like you said, the sides and the rear, it's not. And the overall sedan profile is more traditional. There doesn't, um,
1: yeah, this the side profile and the overall shape is is not as crazy as the Type R. Like Type R, the hatchback design, like that that shape and the fender flares, it's it's a little bit over the top. This is um this is somewhere between that and like a GLI. So mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But the yeah. big thing is the price.
0: I mean, we don't know exactly what the price is yet. Yeah, but it should be under 40,000 Canadian.
1: Yeah, under forty thousand. So price wise, we can expect that to uh, be a, below the Type R, obviously, uh, as it always has been with with Hyundai's performance models, but probably a little bit above where the S I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, a, it is a higher performance vehicle after all. This is a, a much more hardcore vehicle. It has a brace in the trunk, too. I noticed that in one of yep. the pictures.
0: Yep. Um, so As does a, that mean
1: we lose the folding seats? <laughs>
0: so the folding seats looks like it's still there. Um, yeah. It's got the cut. It right. still has a cut line there. So I'm thinking the folding seats is still there. It's just you got to fold around it. <laughs> yeah. So or you, you can, can still put seats around it. Actually, no, there's no cut. There's no cut? It's so hard to see.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Uh, they did that
0: with the Camry, which I thought make no sense. Um, <laughs> because but at they the didn't end of day, the day, it's Camry. Um, yeah, so the Camry TRD had the bracing, but the Avalon TRD doesn't have it. And they're mm. the they're same. It doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. But the additional stiffening like bars, not only there, but there's other ones throughout the chassis gives it like 29% stiffer um, rigidity, which I mean, most new cars these something. days are pretty rigid already. 29% yeah. more is not
1: bad. Yeah, and big brakes on this thing. 360 millimeter brakes. Yeah. Uh, not bad at all. That's a bigger than that's 14.2 inches. Yeah. I believe that converts too. So uh, pretty standard issue caliper. So similar to the Veloster N. We don't have fancy Brembo's or anything like that or fixed caliper. But uh, it gets a job done. The Veloster N, I've seen it out on track, and it actually holds up. So a lot of times, we'll see manufacturers slap on a Brembo brake, uh, and it doesn't actually pan out that well. Uh, A lot of vehicles either just don't have sufficient cooling or just the weight or the power. There's something about them that just because the brake looks like it can... It's pretty legit. It it doesn't mean it is. And we do see cars, uh, like any Mercedes basically has no real braking performance on track. Um, But they they hold up on the street.
0: So uh, I I wouldn't write that off with the Elantra, yeah. I was watching the video for this when they got announced. Um, They specifically mentioned that the the backing plate for the brake rotors mm. has actually uh, holes in it to improve braking performance. Mm-hmm. Like it's subtle things like that, that makes me appreciate the brand a little bit more. Like yeah. they, they actually thought of that and they're like, Hey, you know what? Brakes. I mean, yes, a car can go fast, but you also need it to stop. Yeah. Here's some better brakes and better cooling for your brakes. Cause you exactly. had your, in your Fiesta ST, you have braking problems. Yeah, that was
1: more so with the brake torque vectoring that that car had. Oh, okay. okay. It was not defeatable. So even I went through one, I had a 6-piston caliper on there and it actually seized up. Um and I changed to a 4-piston, but I just gave up on trying to track that car. Um <laughs> because the brakes could not you just couldn't make it work on track and you couldn't disable that feature either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hyundai you know, they're, they're jumping into motorsports a lot more. Uh, they're taking things a lot more seriously. And that's one of the things that most 99% of, the, of journalists will never know that unless you told them that this car has better braking cooling. But as soon as you hit a track within two to three laps, you can tell which car can brake and which car can't hold up for more than five minutes. And a lot of cars are built for that that zero to 60 time, the quarter mile time, and even a skid pad time, but they can't hold up for more than five minutes. Mm. Um, so I've seen the Veloster now, and I think the Elantra carries on that tradition of uh, actually a surprisingly decent and fun uh,
0: track car from Hyundai. Sorry, I got distracted with the i20 i30 that's on the top here cars that we don't get, but looks super cool. I mean, why wouldn't you want a little hatchback? Yeah. <laughs> it's, anyways, let's move on. Actually, move on to uh, a little hatchback, actually. Well, yeah, a little bit another hatchback. hatchback. Yeah. So the Perhaps pricing the most quality... important one. The the pricing for the 2022 GTI and Golf R was uh, announced today. It's actually yeah. really, really good. Really well priced. So they've killed off
1: the regular Golf. And so now maybe because it doesn't have to worry about, oh, well, a Golf full load, whatever high line model is the price of a GTI, maybe I'll jump up to that they don't have that issue anymore so the GTI uh they can price it very low and very aggressive at only 31,000 to start so obviously that $31,000 price tag that's only going to be cloth seats 6-speed manual you so still have a manual option which is great limited slip differential is standard now hmm. um That's impressive before i think you had to go up to the performance package now there's three trims for the golf or for the gti uh gti autobahn and the performance and you're basically getting luxury and styling differences uh the base power is the same across the board Mm -hmm. Uh, um, just looks better the base wheels don't look great like 17 inch wheels for this size of vehicle it's a little bit odd. You can mm-hmm. tell right away, uh, but if you want those cloth seats, the 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 plaid seats, kind of the GTI signature, you have to go with the base. I believe. Actually, no. Uh, I the think Autobahn. The Autobahn has the
0: the same seats. Yes, you're right. Yeah, Autobahn. um is only two thousand dollars more. Actually. Autobahn, I think it's the one to go for. Um yeah. Because of the keyless access with push start button. Yeah. And the proximity unlocking, like. I can't imagine buying a new car in 2021 not having that. Exactly. It's just one of those things that, like, it's not—it's no longer nice to have. It's almost like... It's a necessity. It's, it's a necessity these days. You know, you're holding on to a lot of things. Going yeah. up to the car, you don't want to fumble around with your keys and unlock it and go inside and start it with an actual starter. Yeah. You want to have that wireless, um, that proximity access key. Um, it also has wireless... Uh, CarPlay and Android Auto, I think, yeah, yeah, wireless app, smartphone integration. I know you're not a big fan of like wireless Android Auto, as it generally doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I'm hoping it's a little bit better here. Yeah, and the uh, DSG option is a
1: seven-speed. That's the one that I would go for. I've had a I had a Mark Six GTI DSG. I I think the DSG is really the sweet spot with the with these cars and it's only a fourteen hundred dollar option so it's not it's not that expensive um, but you get one more gear out of it so it probably will be more efficient uh, faster as well and i don't know i never really been a fan of volkswagen manual transmissions to begin with and so dsg seems like the
0: the, the the smart choice for me yeah absolutely we we have a mutual friend that had a Mark seven with a manual and we keep making fun of them. So
1: yeah, I repeatedly so. tell him he made the wrong choice, but he doesn't have that car anymore. So yeah, so it's OK. So it's OK. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, so, yeah, that's the GTI. And then we have the Golf R Golf R um, Golf R is really the value like the value buy, because what they've done with the Golf R is they've they've even simplified it um, even more. So, base model $44,995. Um, that's really an attractive price point, and you're getting basically all the standard features that you'd, you'd expect at that price point at 45000 I think um, the only thing is there are only three colors available, blue, black, and white, which has kind of always been the Golf R thing. It's always been more low-key, even compared to the GTI um but leather seats are standard the only real option is a sunroof which i believe you should not get because the sunroof just dynamically ruins uh a car especially of this size that's kind of tall and not that wide putting a sunroof and all that weight up top it's no good and with the mark 7 generation uh, the Golf GTI, Golf R, they all had sunroof issues. The people they would spontaneously shatter. Uh, it's not something I would recommend from a safety, reliability, performance, any any aspect. I just don't think a sunroof is the way to go. So buy it at forty-five with a manual, or um, is it also fourteen hundred? Yeah, it's the same price jump for the, the DSG, $1,400 more with the DSG. So 46395 with a DSG. Uh, that's still cheaper than
0: a Type R. So yeah, all the power to you with this car. I think right. I got distracted with the, the pricing and payment information.
1: Yeah, it's absurd how cheap this car is because, okay, so today we got the Canadian pricing and the U S pricing Canadian pricing starts at 44,995 Canadian U S pricing present 44,640 that's a $350 difference, but that's Canadian dollar versus U S dollar, which is 25% more even at today's rates. Uh, so if you factor in the conversion, we're getting a really good deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this type of vehicle uh, and knowing how the Golf R uh, reliability and so far it's been pretty decent and their resale value is not bad at all. Um, you know, the, the GTI is strong, um, but the Golf R is even better. I think. Yeah, the, it's
0: definitely stronger.
1: Yeah, the Golf R being 4Motion, like that is the, the big, big difference, right? It's the 4Motion. Drivetrain, because having all-wheel drive in Canada, I think it makes a big difference, and it means with a very just like the Mark Seven that you just tune in a little bit and you're you're destroying supercars. Like I I don't know I'm I'm a big fan of this car, and I think a lot of cars don't measure up to it because from a value to practicality and everything performance like you can't really beat it for the money a lot of people cross shop this and the the civic but um it's a different slightly different market um a lot of people don't want to be seen in in the civic whereas the golf R is like yeah it's it's a
0: more it's a more grown-up look it's definitely more grown up like for someone of like how my situation where i have a family and kids like, Golf R fits that a lot more than your average Civic Type R. So, like, not that long ago, there was a big Civic Type R meet, and there was also another big Golf R meet, or Golf and GTI meet. The Golf and GTI meet was super subdued with a bunch of, like, maybe older folks with there. There's families there. And then with the Civic Type R, it was a bunch of younger kids. Well, not, like, younger, younger, but, like, Younger in, in in terms of like the golf art, you know, versus ta, the type art kids. And I think there was only one person that actually has like a full on family, um, and that was Kevin, and that was it. <laughs> the Civic yeah. type army,
1: yeah, no, I mean, and the type R actually has a longer trunk, which is better in some cases. Well, oh, like the type R's trunk is huge, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of more usable. Uh, my partner Raymond brought his kids and his wife up to Area 27 last weekend and took all the luggage. We got uh, picked pick pick fruits, uh, carried a, our shop fan, which I don't know why I decided to bring it. But then I'm like, oh, shit, we need to bring this back. So carried the giant fan that's I think it's about t- two feet in diameter that we brought back. And that all fit in the Civic without folding down any seats, Uh, carry the baby seats just fine so yeah no that's um that uh it's it's a very practical car but it's a different look Mm -hmm. um and i'll yeah i think that's a big selling point for the golf R. it's not going to set those lap records that the civic can do but in the hands of your everyday driver i think it it makes more sense yeah um And i think yeah at that price point it's it's very attractive i'm very tempted to buy i wanted to buy one five years ago actually but um ended up going with the m2 ironically enough um (laughs) slightly different and manual too so it that doesn't really make sense i had the uh i had the sti at the time and uh I don't know, the SCI wasn't really doing it for me, so it just went <laughs> 180 and just went something completely different, which I have no regrets, really. Uh, but I'm I, sometimes I wonder how my life would have been different if five years or four years ago I decided to go Golf R instead. Just there's a big community behind it, mm-hmm. and you do meet a lot of people through that. Um, and there's, there's just a lot of tuning that can be done with these cars.
0: Well, I mean, if you're really interested, You can uh, I'm sure you can put your money and put your name down at your local Volkswagen dealership and, you know, maybe get one of the before the end of the year.
1: Yeah, yeah. So these are set to arrive in Q4. So end of this year, uh, we should be seeing some lineup. Um, But yeah, the Golf R. We know everything we need to know about the Golf R realistically, because they've already started reviewing them. All the videos are out in Europe. So uh, but yeah, just talking about pricing today. And I think the pricing is a big deal. And speaking of the Elantra N, I'm just curious how that all fits in. Because from my perspective, it's really hard to spend 40 on an Elantra N than to spend 45 on a Golf R.
0: Yeah, $5,000 more, you get an European name. You get a hatch, which for a lot of people, people love. You get more power as well as you get all wheel drive, all wheel drive. And
1: you you know, this car is not going to depreciate 30% once you drop drive off the lot, Yeah. which we don't know. We don't know how these
0: Hyundai N models will do. But um, Hyundai yeah. always has really good rates, um, yeah. lease and finance rates. And they also have really good warranty, especially in the U S they have an amazing warranty. So like you're taking care of, I think a little bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to outweigh your, your pros and cons there. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next thing here, which is the infinity QX 60. (laughs) We talked about this uh, a few weeks back and we were like, why does this even exist? The pathfinder is out. The pathfinder is so nice. And it's so much cheaper or potentially cheaper. But now we know exactly how much it is because the uh, pricing information got released here for the QX60, and I think it's a little bit much. So I don't know what
1: is uh, the standard equipment in this, so I can't say. Uh, for the size and the brand, it's not that bad.
0: But I just think- i, I think they could have done better yeah so it's it is priced higher than the 2020 or 2021 qx60 um so the 2021 or 2020 2021 model the old version i should say uh was under forty nine thousand canadian mm-hmm. this one is fifty five thousand canadian so that's yeah it I, I just feel like a $6,000 price jump is quite a bit. Sure. And at the get-
1: base point, the base model car does not really have any of the luxury features you'd expect out of a premium brand vehicle.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know, ex- like you mentioned, I don't know exactly what's like within the trims itself. Um, I didn't really read into it, but like I think the base model comes with like 18-inch wheels. There's mm-hmm. um radar guided cruise control. Was there radar guided cruise or was that higher? I think that was higher. There was blind spot monitoring that was standard. Yeah. Um there was no, it LED- doesn't have
1: the uh, pro enhanced pro pilot assist. You have to go up, uh, and yeah. so you're looking at, at just to get navigation, you have to look at 60k. Yeah. Navigation should be standard in this segment. Um by but, by 2022, right? 20 years ago, yes, okay, you had to pay extra for navigation. But realistically, if you want the real luxury features that makes you get out of your old QX60 into a new one, you have to be looking at the sensory trim, which is $65,000. Uh 65,000
0: US. Is it? Yeah, 65,000 US 68,000 Canadian. Oh No, that's the autograph, but
1: at least the sensory, the sensory oh, model sorry, is sorry. the one below the uh, uh, autograph. So that one is 65. And then there's a top of the line uh, autograph edition, which is 68. But uh, you have to get pretty up there to get to make this car even semi-worthwhile, and that's kind of the the issue for me. It's mm-hmm. you know, there's competitors, like you don't operate in a vacuum.
0: So yeah. speaking of competitors, um, the biggest competitors for the QX60 is really the RDX. Um and the RDX got a you mean the MDX. A, oh yeah, sorry, MDX. I kept thinking of RDX. Um the MDX is the competitor and the MDX is um while it still has the same engine as previous it has for a now. better all-wheel drive system a super handling all-wheel drive uh it has a more sophisticated front suspension it rides really well I actually just had an mdx for press um last week and it was smooth it really was and there's a lot of good tech that's in there mm-hmm. um and the mdx is priced just Slightly above the QX 60. The QX60 was always priced a lot lower than it to you know help increase sales. Mm -hmm. But now it's basically the same price. There's I mean, you you put the QX60 next to the MDX. MDX60, the MDX really like stands out next to the uh the QX60. I think, yeah, you know, in terms of just how elegant it looks, how like everything feels. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel like the MDX is more worth it. Of course, we haven't seen this in person, but just judging from the photos, QX60 doesn't seem to be all that worth it.
1: Yeah, I think they, that, that's kind of been the Infinity Brands issue this whole time, is they're offering something kind of between uh, a conventional traditional brand product and a luxury brand product. And they don't offer the innovation that we're really looking for. When you want to spend that extra 15 to 20% over the standard, you know, pilot or Pathfinder and whatnot, you you just expect those things to come with the package. And it just, I I think at 55, that's probably where the Highlander or the, uh, the Pathfinder tops out. It's probably about 55. And for Ba- or base model QX60 money, you can get a way nicer Pathfinder. I bet we don't know exactly yet. But considering that the, the base model doesn't even have navigation, uh, the don't Pathfinder expect would much. Have t-
0: at 55, the Pathfinder definitely would. Yeah. OK, so I'm actually just pulling up the pricing for Pathfinder. Um, it starts at forty four thousand. And top trim is fifty four thousand for the platinum. Exactly. So exactly where this one
1: starts yeah. is where the Pathfinder ends, and you're getting captain's chairs for that, wireless charging, everything. Really. Yeah. And same
0: same seats actually. So. I, I think they're <laughs> so the the one of the biggest things is the QX sixty is based, of course, of the Pathfinder just like before, but there's a lot of it that is Pathfinder. The QX60, if you look at the interior now, comparing to the Pathfinder, it's almost identical. It's the Whereas same before,
1: quilted analine anal seats. Yeah,
0: I don't know like, what that means, but it's the same seat. It, it really looks very similar to the two. and there I don't personally think there's enough of a difference separating the two models anymore. Um, even yeah. the infotainment is exactly the same. I mean, previous infotainment for Nissan's has always been pretty horrendous. Infinity wasn't much better, but at least they gave you two screens. Now it's the exact same 12.3 inch screen. Like it, it's this exact same thing as before, like uh, within the Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. So I don't personally think there's a need to go to the QX60. Mm-hmm. Like we've. Like, I reviewed the Rogue, and the Rogue was super nice on the inside. And that was the Rogue Platinum, I think it was, the Tongue mm-hmm. trim. I have no doubts that the Pathfinder Platinum would be just as nice as that. Yeah, if not nicer
1: than a Rogue. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, I get it. Like, I think there, there needs to be a product in that segment to compete with the mdx but this just doesn't do it it just doesn't cut it
0: no i think yeah it, it needs more it definitely needs more
1: yeah now that we know the pricing it's just yeah and we know the pathfinder pricing uh you can configure that yourself but see see for yourself like what what uh what value means
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean i think the top trim and the compared to the base qx60 like sure the nameplate Infinity is kind of a little bit more posh than Nissan would be Mm -hmm. but you're just getting so much more value out of a Nissan product and we, we see this a lot in like the kind of the more mainstream cars right? Hyundai, Mazda Nissan, they're all stepping up in their regular cars to being so good that their luxury department can't they, keep up they, they can't they have you to
1: make them improve it enough to uh yeah to yeah.
0: justify it yeah well let's move on here into something a little less upsetting we oh can't play this because Adds perfect. So, just the past week, released a video of the 2021 Hyundai Sonata N Line. So, this is the uh, the not like full on performance of the Sonata, as this is the N Line, not a full on N. But it still has a dedicated engine. Uh, it's a two and a half liter turbo that we see in well, actually a lot of Hyundai and Kia products. Um, but it makes 290 horsepower and 311 pound-feet of torque. All of that is sent to the front wheels through an eight-speed automatic, or dual clutch, I should really say. And it's quick. Like, 0 to 60 is like five seconds. It's definitely not slow. Mm-hmm. And the best part, 38000 Cheaper than the Elantra N. N. <laughs> Full-on N.
1: The, the real N. I don't know. I got into the Sonata when you had it and I'm like, I don't feel like it's that roomy. Mm. Uh, That was my first takeaway with it. And then the styling is just like to me, this styling is not going to hold up. It's not going to age well Um, because it's not even quirky. Like the the Elantra N is quirky enough that, okay, this was all the time. We know that 10 years down the road, it will look 10 years old, but at least it was like, oh, this was kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Uh, but the,
0: the the Sonata, to me, I'm not a big fan of this style. No, yeah. I I don't mind it, but I get what you mean about it not aging well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of current Hyundai products won't age well. And that's something that they're doing a lot recently with a lot of their products. Mm-hmm like i think they're going out of their way to make something a little bit more interesting yeah but of course the negative side effect is that is it won't age well whereas like Volkswagen <sighs> makes the exact same thing for like yeah 20 years conservative style <laughs> it, it'll look exactly the same years and years yeah. um <sighs> i don't I, like the
1: front end of this at all i don't like how the grill the it just looks very depressing like it looks sad it's a the eyes, it's it's a catfish look but it's it just yeah it, to me it it's it's very polarizing i think i think a lot of people you either love it or you hate it and i i hate it <laughs> yeah, i don't know like it to me it's okay i don't hate it like i would not be embarrassed to drive it but i don't want to own that car
0: mm. looking like that yeah um, i i think if you're in the market For a fast sedan, and you really don't want to spend that much, this is perfect. I personally would pick the Kia K5 GT over this because I Mm -hmm. like the K5 styling a lot more. Exactly. They're exactly the same car. Um, Exactly. Exactly. The K5 is gorgeous. I think, yeah, Yeah,
1: I haven't seen this one on the road that much, but I've seen a few K5s and they
0: always look really handsome. The thing is, I don't think there's a, a big market for this. Um, Because like, who's really buying sedans, number one, um, and who wants, you know, not there's a a sport that goes quick, but may not (laughs) have like, all the the features that you may want.
1: Yes. And you got to keep in mind buying brand new At the new price, right? So that's, that's the thing. I don't know who this car is for. I don't I don't want anything to do with it. Uh, It's not a bad car in any in in any sense. And I'm sure it drives fine. And the interior has got nice things about it. But to me, I just, it just, it's such a trying to be, you know, more things to more people, but not executing
0: it all that well. Mm -hmm. i don't know i i just wished it had some more features from the regular sonata um Mm -hmm. so like it has heated seats and it has a heated steering wheel but it doesn't have cooled seats and when i was driving driving this it was in the summer and it was quite warm um and the seats just don't breathe well and you know if you're driving this you know in the summer with seats that don't breathe well like you're just Mm -hmm. not gonna have a comfortable time in there um, they do hug you really well, and there's adjustable bolsters, which is really nice. But I didn't feel like I was super happy sitting in it for long durations. Mm-hmm. I think,
1: yeah. Uh, to me, it's it's it really comes down to this. Like, look at the steering wheel. It's it's just it's just trying too hard. And this is like this has always been Hyundai's downfall: is that they just they take a lot of these risks and. Sometimes it just doesn't pay off, and I, I'm worried this might be one of those times where they just they just tried something a little bit too different that just looks because you got to think about who's buying midsize sedans, right? They're like not like the most like- exciting people, and like the people that are still buying it, buying into this segment, they're probably not
0: you know, looking to shake things up that much. No, they're they're not. And most people are more aiming towards uh, something that's more economical more mm. than something that's a little bit quicker. Because right. if you really want something quicker, you're looking at Tesla Model 3. Let's be honest. Yeah.
1: Or if you want something more economical, you go Santa Fe hybrid even. Yeah. Like our Tucson hybrid, whichever one. Uh, or just the people. Sonata hybrid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. But yeah, for the same money, I think I would rather have. Because uh... to me, this is not sporty enough to really uh, quench that thirst per se. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, I don't like the look of it. Like, I I just, I can't get over <laughs> that. I can't get over that.
0: The, the worst part is it's just it has trouble putting its power down. Um, 310 or 311 pound feet of torque is great, but if you can't put all that power down, it's basically wasted. Um, When I had the Mazda 6 last week, which also has a two and a half liter turbo and 320 pound feet of torque, it had no problem putting that power down. Mm -hmm. Like it felt a lot smoother. That may be due to its six speed speed, auto rather than an eight speed dct but the chassis tuning on the Mazas they are better than hyundai's um and because of that this just doesn't feel that like sports car or sports sedan kind of soul that some may Mm -hmm. be looking for
1: yeah and it's kind of like too little too late kind of thing like or maybe i'd feel differently if there was previous you know last two generations of a hot sonata but yeah i I don't know to me the sonata is like neither here nor there like if that car didn't exist it would not i would not miss
0: it (laughs) yeah for i think we're at the the time that sedans that i mean they don't really need to exist They, they don't you're better off buying uh like SUVs, <laughs> unfortunately. This- yeah.
1: If you need this, if you need the space, you go up to a crossover. If you don't need the space, you go down to the Elantra. So yeah. the the Sonata is kind of in an awkward spot where it's big on the outside, but not that much bigger on the inside, and it's it's fast, but like not not really like that fun to drive. <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah. It <laughs> it doesn't have all the. It, it's not as well rounded as. You may want really in a car. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. I think it looks good. It stands out. Um, but that's really it. Like, it's fun to have that kind of power on the front end. Like, you know, with traction control off, you're you're smoking it's the lighting tires up the all tires. All the yeah. Um, it can smoke it on first and second gear. Like, and it yeah. continuously do, does it. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, in the wet, it can do it in third gear um but nice why why do you want to do that and who who
1: in your mid-sized family sedan
0: right like (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, um any case anything else you wanted to go over for this week um no
1: i think uh we had a hyundai filled week and for good reason Uh, a lot of news coming out of korea these days and yeah catch you guys next week i guess
0: Yeah, absolutely. Same time, same place. Thanks, everyone.